Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for, and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I, of course, cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners, and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions, because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed talking about real estate this morning with Sharon McNamara, broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate and uh, my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. Good morning here good morning. in the studio. I checked on the kids. They're fine. Good All good. Um, now, Sharon, I see your coffee. It always looks full. Is, is Mark constantly <laughs> backfilling that for you? I can't. Yeah. Yep. It's, like, it's yeah. like it's like the endless cup of coffee. Yeah. Is that what happens with wine too? You just really have no concept of how much you drank because because your husband just keeps it's, refilling it. it. He's always yeah. always always filling it. Yes. And Aperol Spritz is my new thing. I was trying to get us live on uh, Facebook, so I'm just doing some posting on. Facebook yeah. No now, worries. But for no some reason, worries. I can't do it. Oh, okay. So. Is Mark um, is Mark there, or is he? Uh, did you say he took the he took the dogs? The dogs are back. I don't know where Mark is. Oh. He's downstairs watching watching some news or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, the wind was pretty. The wind was howling. So as you told everybody, I'm in Edgartown here on a mooring and woke up about 2 o'clock and, oh my gosh, the wind was howling. Wow. When you're on a mooring. So we started swinging a little bit and I was like, well, but things are fine. Yeah. So I got it under control. Good. I got a good captain. Uh -huh. uh, do you guys, can I digress again? Do you yeah. guys watch um, Below Deck on Bravo? No. No. All right, please watch. I don't watch TV. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, well, just watch this. It's on, it's uh, on brainless TV, but um, yeah. they're always, you know, they're on these big yachts, which are basically out um, out there a little bit in the harbor, and they have walkie-talkies, and it's always like, um, 
June, June, Hannah, like that's how they talk to each other. So I bought some C- little radio CB things and yeah. um, surprised Mark with them. I'm like, Mark, Mark, Sharon, <laughs> I'm playing this game with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's <been> <laughs> the anchor has landed. You have to keep it fun. 29 years. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy anniversary tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And happy Thank birthday you. to Thank Kirk you. tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> All right, so when John called in before the break, he he brought up like so many things that I wanted to talk about. My head started spinning and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many exciting things I wanted to talk about. Um, but I guess I did, I, 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 can we talk about buyers for a little bit and what, and what it's like for mm-hmm. buyers? I know we already touched on this a little bit in terms of, you know, interest rates are still so low. So, so on one hand, it's such a great time to buy because interest rates are so low. And to, to John's point, you know, getting yourself into a mortgage that you could have for 20 or 30 years at such an attractive interest rate, such a great time for that. Mm-hmm. But but our prices, you know, but but price, you know, are prices so high now? Maybe, maybe they're not, maybe they're not, I mean, they're higher than they were, but that's the nature of real estate is that generally over time prices go higher. I mean, other than we have, you know, corrections once in a while, but, you know, are our price, our prices going to come down? Maybe, maybe it's never going to be a better time to buy, right? Especially if interest rates tick upward a little bit, which I have to imagine they would, although I just, you know, I, I know, Jay Powell's like a really smart guy, but I don't understand why they haven't started increasing interest rates yet to to battle inflation and things like mm-hmm. that. But you know, I have all these theories that they're that they're controlling the markets and all that stuff. And maybe that's not even a theory. Maybe that's yeah, that's just what they do. They they want to avoid mm-hmm. a disastrous economic situation, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so 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 what is so? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You work with, or you and uh, Mary yeah. work with a lot of buyers. Like, what are your Mm-hmm. conversations with them like so, are they nervous that they have to do it now or are they kind of like no prices are going to go back down we're going to wait like what's what's the thinking mm-hmm. with some of the your clients so, you know a lot of people are saying are we in a bubble are we in a bubble and we're not in a bubble and so that's my that's how i feel i don't think we're in a bubble i yeah. don't see that prices are going to go down i gave you the the reason why i believe that is because now all that emotional value the buyers drove that up yeah. themselves they, they drove it up themselves. I was actually hearing comments of, why did you underprice the house? I didn't underprice the house. You over, you're <laughs> you're you're thinking that in your head because of something else that sold, but mm-hmm. I'm using that, that sold comps. Like Kirk had asked me, or, or had asked me earlier, you know, with the appraisals, we're, numbers are numbers, they don't lie, right? So we're clearly looking at what the value of a house is and their emotional value is happening. Now we're pricing houses based on that emotional value. So what we're gonna see is a slowdown on people bidding over that price. We are seeing a slowdown, we've seen it. I I mentioned it to Mary. In my office, one of the things that Melissa takes care of is um, every weekend when the agents have open houses, she does this nice spreadsheet for us and she'll list the property address, the, the town that it's in, um, the style of house it is, how much it's on the market for, and how many people, what time was your open house and how many visitors did you have during that open house? Mm-hmm. And that's a good way for me to sort of gauge where the buyer pools are. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Because if I see, yeah. So if we have a $300,000 house on the market and we had, you know, 20 people come to that open house, well, I can see that that's still lively, right? Yeah. That, that buyer pool is still around. But what we saw is a lot of buyer deflation just like they mm. were just so just just so deflated by the whole process yeah. 
They were fatigued by it. They were, they gave up. They're like, I'm not playing this game anymore. Summer yeah. was coming. Kids were getting out of school. They're like, all right, we've put in 15 solid offers. We're, we're not doing this anymore. We're taking the summer off. When that happened, all of the, when a lot of those buyers did that, they went to the side. But the smart buyers who didn't have the best criteria when it came to their offer, they, they sort of stayed in the game. And that's what we were suggesting to our buyers. And Mary was suggesting to our buyers, like our buyers who can't go $50,000 over asking or our buyers who can't do anything but an FHA loan or our buyers who don't have a lot of money to put down. They stayed in the game and they were able to get their houses under agreement. Unfortunately, some of the sellers waited too long because they were mm. like, oh, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. And they waited a little bit too long. So now when we're getting offers, instead of getting 40, I may get three. And when I get those three, by the way, they're not very good offers. Mm. Oh, they, interesting. They, they may be at full price, but the financing, you it's risky at best taking chances on people. And it's, beca and it's because uh, those buyers weren't able to purchase in the last, what, six months, 12 months, because the market was yeah. so competitive. So they couldn't buy anything. Yeah. So like that's who's left in terms of buyers, right? Yeah. And if you think about the people yeah. that have like families and stuff, they don't know people with families don't want to move in August or September, right? When the kids are starting mm -hmm. school, right? They want to try to time that a little bit more, a little bit better if, mm -hmm. if at all possible. Um, mm -hmm. So that's interesting. So, so I think so. No more. Bit we'll see that. Yeah, we'll see people start to come back on the market again now. So we'll see it probably. So fall tends to be a very busy time, anyways. But I, I guess after next weekend, we'll start to see a couple more listings coming on the market. I know, you know, my team personally has a lot in Boston Connect agents. I know I was talking to one of my agents. He has like seven new listings coming on the market. Mm. Matt Mahoney, he's great, um, full time agent. So. Um, but all of the agents, we're gonna, we'll probably see more inventory come in. We'll probably see those buyers who were fatigued by the whole process come back into the market. They enjoyed their summer, um, you know, and you know, and and that's the other thing too is like they enjoyed their summer fully. You know, no mask mandates and all that. But we see that starting to come back. Yeah, that's yeah another thing too with you know with style of homes, and we were discussing that a little bit earlier is. You know, a lot of people who had these bigger homes, let's just use like a four bedroom colonial. And, um, you know, they were selling because they're empty nesters, right? Oh, we don't need this anymore. We're gonna, you know, the kids are gone and we're gonna sell this house and get something smaller. By the way, that isn't usually a move down. It's usually a, yeah. a lateral move. Yeah, um, financially just anyway. Just a smaller yeah. type house, maybe yeah. one level or whatever. Yeah. Financially, yes. And, um, but then, guess what happened? Everybody's working from home and the kids are not in college. Now you have, I had this situation, three boys home from college. Right. They're not in college anymore. They're home doing college, mm -hmm. taking classes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Husband and wife are both home working remotely. So one's in one room, one's in the other room. So now you have five adults all home, either schooling or working. Can you imagine if you were in a one level ranch with you know, three little small bedrooms. Yeah. Like, so yeah. those people were like, I'm not selling. I'm not selling. Yeah. So we'll see now that things, like if the kids are going back to school and if we see some normalcy with this uh, Delta variant, hopefully, um, maybe we'll see those people decide to do it this, this fall. Yeah. So how long are, uh, what were you going to say? I just had a question um, Well, about like investor, you know, investors, you know, uh, real estate investors, has that slowed down with the prices being so much higher uh, or or not necessarily? 
Yeah, we saw a lot of slowdown on that. The, the other thing that's sort of transitioning in that market um, too, so there's investors and then there's flippers. So mm. the investors that are doing big things, big things are still happening. Um, really, really big things are happening. Casey's at Ropes and Gray, and um, she can't tell me any of the details, but like big mergers are still happening, mm. sure. Um, but on a smaller scale, investors are very wise to what they're purchasing right now. Um, but and, and some of them are willing to take the risk that, you know, with the people not paying, you know, rent, if they're buying multifamilies over four, let's say over four multis, uh, like four units. But what we're going to start to see as well is the banks, since the banks aren't um, making as much right now, yeah. you know, because of. Except except for Bank of America, it, apparently. Except on your car loan, <laughs> yeah, 9%. <laughs> 9.7% yeah. for a $25,000 loan. Yeah. Crazy. But, um, so they, what we're seeing is the um, the the banks. So there were a couple um, houses that were basically owned, bank owned. Now, I had a couple clients that were calling me and saying, "Hey, I saw that this this house is bank owned." So we started making some phone calls so our flipper clients um, could get in there. But the banks are now taking on the role of, "No, we're gonna we're gonna renovate it ourselves. We're gonna bring in our own crews. Mm. We're gonna GC this ourselves. Mm. We're gonna get it up, you know, to snuff, and then we're gonna sell it." So really the flipper like that that market, they're having a little bit mm. more of a difficult time finding anything. Um, so that's why when they sort of align themselves, these guys sort of align themselves with a bunch of real estate agents because if they see if something coming on, they're, they're right in there. Like I have one in Dorchester right now that's a two family and I brought an investor there. The reason why I brought him there is because if he, he's a flipper investor too, he does big things and small and it's in the city in a nice area, Pope's Hill. And he'll, if he flips it, he'll list it with me. Okay. So I sort of give up on my compensation. So buyer, I can bring that buyer to my mm. seller. I sort of stay out of that mix of it. When he does them over, then mm. I'll have two condos to sell in Dorchester. I see. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I was just thinking like, if you know, if you're if you're buying property with the hope of, oh, there he is, appreciation, <laughs> you know, if it's, if, if things are high, but I know you're saying, yeah, that maybe we're not in the bubble, but you know, I guess my thought is that I don't know. It just feels, you know, it just feels so high, you know, just like, you know, like the, that, you know, if you're try, hoping for long-term appreciation and if it's already so high now, you know, how long do you have to wait, you know, for it, you know, for it to appreciate at a, at a level that makes it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the numbers are where we are. Like, to be this seen. Is just, this yeah. is just yeah. where we are. Look at California. Yeah. I mean, when we were looking at the whatever stats west comes east, I would look at prices in Los Angeles and I'd be like, are you kidding me that somebody would pay this? I was in San Francisco two years yeah. ago and I was like, you know, on my app as I'm on the trolley and I'm like, wow, look how much this house is worth. That's just where our value is now. But like John yeah. was saying earlier, you know, the, the, the their payments are so little that no one has any reason to leave, <laughs> right? It right. isn't like... And if somebody, if somebody should lose a job, potentially the other one will be able to carry that lower mortgage, right? The thing what they don't have is they don't have that extra $500,000 in the bank or in investments because they put all that money into the equity of their house. That's yeah. the part that scares me. I don't know. I just, maybe I think differently. I think put that money in investments and have a payment that you can handle. Don't buy the $700,000 house and put $500,000 down on it. Unless you're 60. I mean, unless you're, I would say, yeah. unless you're older and looking to, 
you know, reduce or eliminate debt heading into retirement. But yeah, if you're 25 yeah. or 35, then yeah, likely better off with a smaller down payment and a really low interest rate mortgage. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Per personal preference. And money is but cheap. Yeah, money's cheap right now. But like anything, Kirk, I mean, regarding, you know, value of real estate over time, you know, like like in an, like a traditional investment in our world, it's, you know, it was never meant to be, you know, investing was really never meant to be a short-term gain, right? A short-term mm -hmm. uh, investing, really successful investors are long-term investors, right? And short-term gains are unpredictable, right? Or market performance is unpredictable, like in our world too. Yeah. Like, I feel like real estate's the same. I mean, it, you shouldn't go into it thinking, you know, I'm just going to move in two or three years and, you know, make a hundred grand on this property, right? No, hopefully people aren't, you know, flippers are certainly doing that, but they're putting work in. So mm -hmm. that's a little bit different. But um, I mean, if people are there for 10 years, you know, maybe even if we had a correction now, if this is a bubble, right? And we see a downturn in the real estate market now, hopefully if you're there for the average of 10 years or more, then hopefully there's still growth of property, right? But to your point, more limited yeah, potentially like, than if they bought it, you know, a couple of years ago, of course, but that's just, you can't, you can't time these things. Like in, you know, in our world as well, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's, it's, of course we can't predict the financial markets either, right? And the, and the markets are roaring and they're great. And, you know, people are like, well, is this a good time to invest my money? And I'm like, well, again, if you're, you should, uh, you know, a good investor is a long-term investor and, and, really any time is a good time to invest money. If you have a long enough time horizon, a, a better time to invest money is when the market's down 30%, but I don't know if that's gonna be next week or 10 years from now, and you don't right. wanna wait such a long time to wait for the optimum time, and then you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and, and, and your money is on the sideline. And I think it's kind of the same no, you're right. conversation with real estate too. Like if you're, you're right. waiting for the bubble or you're waiting for prices to go back down to normal in quotes, right? It might it might not come and then right. and then you're renting and you're missing the opportunity and you're missing low interest rates. So I guess I just, I don't know. It's yeah. like uh, when you're buying like a real <laughs> piece of property, like there's no yeah. dollar cost averaging like there is in, right. you know, in the investment world. It's like you got to buy it at one point and, yeah. and kind of cross your fingers. That's and, true. That's yeah. a good point. And our, in our world, if you're, if you're nervous to invest now because the market's high, right, we can, we can offer people well invest, you know, 20% of your money, 30, right? right? Invest some now, invest some next month, invest some in three months, invest some in six months. Like we can offer that where you, right? That's a really good point. You can't do that with real estate unless you're a, unless you're a, um, an investor and you're, <laughs> you're buying properties all, right, all, throughout, all throughout time, time. Yeah, right? right? Then, then, yeah. then you can dollar cost average your real estate. But of course, most people can't do that. Um, but yeah, that, in the that's rental interesting. market right now. Yeah, people are not saving money, by the way, in the rental. I mean, so here's the other thing, too, similar to the car cost, you know, the inventory being low in the rental market as well. It, the, the landlords are able to raise those prices. I mean, yeah. and, and like I said earlier to John, I mean, unfortunately, we still do have divorce, death and all those other things. And I did have a divorce couple that I was working with this, you know, at the beginning of the season and uh, the spring market. And I was trying to find a rental for her. You know, here I had, mm. you know, now soon to be a single mother with a uh, child that's about to start kindergarten looking for a rental on her own when the husband, you know, had lost his job. So it's basically on her. It's like we're looking at $2,000 a month for like a small two bedroom apartment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's just sort of unrealistic. It's a lot. I, I, I just mm -hmm. like, I feel like I've asked you this question before, Sharon. Like, when. It, 
I feel like inventory is always low. When is inventory not low? Other than the financial crisis a decade or more ago, like when is when is there not low inventory? I feel like it's yeah, always it's, it's always a thing, right? Other than you know d- disastrous economic situations, which are pretty rare, right? And 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 I, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in the business about twenty years, and I can remember one, you know, the, the Great Depression, right? Of, of course, but mm-hmm. and and I and I come back to like, well, why is that? Right? And, and 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 if we continue to have population growth, like tremendous population growth, I don't know when it's ever going to be right inventory is not going to be low like we're always going to need mm-hmm. more and there's because the population is 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 growing mm-hmm. right and and i would say a lot of it that is based on you know the economic climate and what is going on and are there jobs and are there not yeah. jobs and who has to sell you know so and again john brings up a very valid yeah. point you know these the, it's very affordable for people to be in their houses right now and those people are not going to move so we're not going to have those. And here's this. It's like a, a funnel. So if you think about, you know, the people in the, the big four bedroom colonials and now they're like, all right, we don't have to be here anymore. We want a one level ranch. Mm. OK, but the people in the one level ranch, they, they don't ha- they're not selling. So those people up there have no place to go. And these people I'm putting and we did a show on this last week yeah. was, you know, what came first? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you buy a house, sell a house first? that's a whole nother show but you know where are you going to position yourself to look the best on an offer but if those people in the smaller homes don't sell because these people up here aren't willing to put the house on the market first there's going to be no shift Mm. so the only thing that we can do is Mm. bring in new construction Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so this here lies the other problem and we've done shows on new construction on my on my show too is new construction you know it's expensive it's expensive. Yeah, I wanted what to. I wanted to, to get into through. that today a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I was also. I mean, it's not cheap for them to build these houses and to go yeah. through the engineering process, to go through conservation, to go through planning, to go through, you know, zoning board of appeals, and putting all of this together, bringing in the utilities and mm. paving the roads and ju- sidewalks and trees and everything that goes into these, you know, building a subdivision is very expensive. Oh, I bet. Very, yeah. very expensive. Which is why they have to big, they have to build bigger houses, and because and smaller plots of land, you know, to get right more per, yeah. more sales. Yeah, yeah. I was just so thinking about like the mac. The, I was just thinking about like the macroeconomics of why we there's always demand for real estate, and you know we're talking about population growth, but but I you know I haven't looked at statistics recently, but like if a married couple has what two point two kids or something like that, that's not tremendous growth. But I was thinking of like. Um, immigration, right? Like in all the people coming to our country and, um, you know, job opportunities and, and all that stuff. And and for, the, I would guess for the most part, at least initially, they're renting, right? So, so they're mm-hmm. occupying a lot of the rental properties, which drives rents up, right? And, and, and limits inventory mm-hmm. on rentals and drives rents up. And that makes other people want to purchase because what we were saying earlier is that, um, especially right now with low interest rates, to the, the, you know, a cost to purchase a property is really not much more than renting in, in certain areas. And so why wouldn't you get in if you can, you know, have that afford to have that down payment and of course, property taxes and all that. But it's just so interesting, kind of mind boggling to think about. It's just so interesting to think. And it's also very hard for me to think of that 
dramatically changing too, right? Although uh, other than um, mm-hmm. former president, for example, mm-hmm. trying to limit immigration, you know, immigrants coming into the country and things like that could certainly be a shift. But um, it's just, gosh, I, I that, can be a shift. And yeah, with, that's with interesting. Immigration as well. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, two Christmases ago, we um, took a taxi when Uber was, you know, maybe three Christmases ago, Uber had sort of just sort of started. Mm -hmm. I felt bad for the taxi drivers, right? So we hop in a taxi instead and um, talking to the driver, you know, he's just been in um, the United States for a little bit less than a year. And um, I asked him, I was like, oh, I'm just sort of curious, like what brought you to Massachusetts of all the places you could have gone? Like, what brought you to Massachusetts? And he said, oh, because I get free health care. So a lot of people come here for that. But think about that. blue state. Yeah. Yeah, right? So that mentality of I'm going to go to these Mm. states. And then they're also not are they going to also get free health care. And again, right, wrong, or different. I don't even want to get into the politics of it. It's the facts. The facts of what Mm -hmm. is happening. They're also, the immigrants are also taking up... um, you know the 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 um, affordable housing. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. I'm looking at my you know woman who just got divorced, who's holding down two jobs and has a baby, a child going into kindergarten, who isn't she isn't able to get affordable housing like with Section Eight and things like that. Like the list is so long and yeah. so high for these oh. people to get that yeah. housing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's taking away from everybody. Ooh, again, such a pol- such a political issue. Um, yeah, yeah, but but right, but on the other hand, right, right, uh, you, you know, your tax dollars can be supporting you know people that are less fortunate and all that stuff. But is it good for the price yeah. of your real estate? I think mm. may I think maybe. Yeah. Did you have a comment on that? No, I was just going to tell you. That. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't want to get into the the politics at all. We'll get like fifteen callers and all angry, mm-hmm. angry calls. But um, but that's interesting, it, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, interesting to think about that stuff. So, and and yeah. the thing is, is I do think that you know our state is doing. I feel you know I I had the director of affordable housing in Pembroke call me, and you know they're always looking for other properties where they can continue to build more. You know, but there isn't enough. That's period, amen. There just isn't enough affordable housing out mm. there for people. Period, mm-hmm. amen. Mm-hmm. And I was just, and I was going to say that there's really not enough land, but there is. Like, there is. If you, I mean, I live in Marshfield where there's not a ton of, doesn't seem like there's a ton of land available to build on. But if you go a couple towns west, there's tons of land. And yeah. so, but but it but it comes that it comes down to cost, right? And and you were just saying how expensive it is to build and construction materials crazy. I did want to get into the building process a little bit and what that's like, especially right now in terms of cost and and the headaches regarding the process. That's something that I'm not familiar with at all. I have no desire to ever build my own house. That sounds awful to me, probably because I'm kind of impatient so I feel like just the waiting and the waiting and the delays and the delays I'm like I couldn't handle it whereas you buy a house and it's done and it's there and the keys you know are handed to you but yeah, chances are but, if you called me and said I want new construction I would refer you to somebody else yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you wouldn't want to work with me either I'd be like why isn't it built yet Sharon <laughs> Um, All right, let's take... Yeah, but that is good. Yeah, I did want to touch on that because I don't think we've ever um, talked about that too much and it's an interesting time to talk about um, new construction. All right, we're just going to take a quick break. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning by my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. You can find out more about us at McNamaraFinancial.com. Also, Sharon McNamara, broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, bostonconnect.com. We're just taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Market turbulence can cause panic. 
and you might be wondering if your investments are allocated properly. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Let me help you understand your investment strategy and ensure that it is suitable for you. Then you can turn off the financial news and move on with your life. We're back. Mm, You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, joined this morning talking about real estate with Sharon McNamara of Boston Connect Real Estate um, and my husband and business partner, Kirk Reed. Uh, 781-837-4900 if you're listening and want to uh, give us a call this morning. If you have questions or comments for us, Larry is manning the phone. I wanted to get into the building process now just because we haven't done that and I, I, I have no personal experience with it. And I actually don't know that I have a lot of clients who have built it. it, it, it it's not all that common. I mean, there's just, I guess maybe it comes down to around here anyway. There's just not a lot of land, uh, you know, and people aren't, it doesn't seem that building is all that common around here. I'm assuming because of land shortages in this area of the world, but you know, and, and, and all I know just from talking about people in the industry and in people that are uh, contractors and in the construction industry is that just prices are very high and also very unpredictable. I was talking to uh, one of my clients who's a contractor and, and a project manager and, and w- it was just saying that it's just so hard for him working with a client who's building a piece of property. It's so hard for him to price it out for them and estimate it with any accuracy. And, and he's just like, he's just like, I can't do it. I used to be able to, you know, take last year's price and mark it up by this percent. And and I just, it's just all over the place right now. So Sharon, and I know you work with developers, right? On subdivisions and, and are you, is it, is it still that way where there's just, you know, inventory issues and prices just very unpredictable and, and are materials even available? Like how long are people waiting to receive the materials to start the build? I know that the building process isn't a very fast one to begin with, but I'm assuming it's just even worse right now with unpredictability of yeah. shipments and things like that. And I was just listening to a podcast and all the, you know, how hard it, it is for, for supplies to just cross the ocean and how hard it is for them to get, you know, space on the container ships and things like that. You're just the things that you would never think about in your day-to-day life. But, and there's not enough workers at the ports mm-hmm. to unload the ships mm-hmm. and the in prices and, and, and all that stuff. It's just crazy. So do you, you have some clients that are developers, mm-hmm. right? Or bu- builders and, you know, what's it like right now? Yeah. So right now, actually, while we were on break, I actually texted one of my my developer that I have. We have a 36 lot subdivision, and um, I asked him on average what is he seeing, you know, for increase of building supplies. Yeah. Well, it's a 20 percent increase is wow. what they're seeing. Mark is here with me right now. He's a plumber, yeah. and he went and got some um, plumbing supplies. He's doing some new construction in Hull, and 40 percent on PVC. I mean, 40. Oh, wow. That that is huge on something so, that seems yeah. so simple on PVC piping. It just, it seems so simple, right? 40%. Wow. With COVID, one of the things is so many things that are happening that we're not really seeing or we're not understanding is, you know, first of all, a lot of these factories are, um, actually just responded to me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So labor went up as well is what he's basically saying to me too. Sure. So with, there was, you know, the supply and demand, but with COVID people stopped working right. and then, you know, not to get into politics again, but our government decided that we'll give people more money yeah. to stay home than to go to work. Right. So why would they go into the factory right. to make these materials that we need? There's no, they wouldn't do it. Right. Um, there was this other thing too that happened and I forget what part, where it happened, but there was a huge fire somewhere where it came to plastics and things like that. I have a client that was dealing with that and okay. that actually, was detrimental to some of the things that were going on but we just they didn't have the workers they and then you know they 
with COVID, they couldn't have the workers in their place. And it was just, it was a, it was a nightmare for lack of a better term, but we would order windows and then they were supposed to be in. Now we're, we're setting deadlines. Well, guess what? You can't do the next step in new construction until the windows are in. So now you're waiting and waiting yeah. and waiting. And by the yeah. time you do that, and here's another thing, you can't order the hardwood floors to go into that house until the windows are in and the heat is all like it's all right. temperature gauge, right. especially in New England, right? So you need the wood to be sitting there once everything is done so the wood can settle before it's installed. Oh. Okay, well, now we're holding off on putting in that order. Like, it isn't like you could just order it and say, okay, we'll let you know when the windows come in and when everything else is done. So everything was back ordered, yeah. back ordered, back ordered. Um, the good thing with the developers that I work with is, you know, when it comes to labor and things like that, like they do a lot, a lot. Stonebridge Homes, they're great. They do a lot of construction. So they have, you know, very loyal um you know, subs that are there for mm -hmm. them when things are ready, you know? So for us, I don't feel like we were waiting so much for the subs. We were waiting for the materials. For supplies, yeah. And it was funny because I, yeah, just a few weeks ago, I was behind a Harvey windows truck and I thought, wow, they're, they're in a risky job right now <laughs> because like, I feel like I want to be a window pirate and I just want to <laughs> like say, give me all your windows. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's actually happening somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, yeah. even here on the vineyard, you know, so here I am, I'm in Eggertown, you know, celebrating our anniversary again, I will mention. And, um, you know, there's a, a property that we've been watching all summer long. Nobody, nobody has been there. And I guess we were talking, Mark has, actually has a client that lives on the island and he's helping do her house in Hingham, a new a rebuild. And we were talking to them and they said that the, the town actually shut down some of the construction that they were actually allowing to sort of happen on, on hmm. the, the island. So things have definitely slowed down. But one of the things that we saw is as some builders really got caught in this where they would sell a property and based on the prices that they had, then we would have the inventory issue come in well not only did we have the timing of the inventory issue but then the prices the went pricing. up so yeah. now these builders were stuck with those prices but they've already signed a purchase sale agreement saying how much they would sell that house for oh. so now what we'll see what we see and will probably come more commonplace for the future is based right into the purchase and sales agreement it will say that did I lose you? Do you still see? Me? I can still okay. see you. You were yep. cutting out okay. a little bit. Some sort of contingent um, I, upon pricing of supplies or something like that, right? Where the builders aren't going to be exactly. wedded to yeah, the so price. Prices. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I wondered how that worked. I wasn't sure yep. how that worked. So you, that's risky. Yeah, risky for the bot for the. Think about the buyer. For the buyer, the buyer. Who, who's how did, yeah? No. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but but if you think about it, the the builders can't they can't afford to take on that risk, right? I mean, they that mm -hmm. that they you 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 don't go into business think you know with the chance that you're going to lose money, right? You got to protect yourself as a builder. So I totally understand, and it's interesting to think about like the suppliers, right? And now that um, the price of like like you said PVC and 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 uh, lumber and all these things is so high. I don't know that it's going to come back down, right? Like we were talking about that in the world of, of, of real estate, maybe same story. Like the suppliers are kind of like, well, now I can charge this price for my lumber or PVC price. Like this I mean, is the yeah, price now. And even when they have more 
supply? Are, are they going to control the inventory so that they can keep the prices? Yeah, is there any regulation where there? they I, are? I don't, I, mean, I don't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, that, other yeah. than another, you know, yeah. business stepping in and, and underpricing a little bit and then providing some competition, right? Like over time, you know, that would just be the normal evolution, mm-hmm. I would guess. But for a while, while there's maybe not as much competition, I I don't think those prices are going back it's, down. I don't know. I'm not an economist, but that definitely. doesn't sound like it, right? Well, think about yeah. the price of gas right now. Yeah. Of course, it's not going to go down. It's only going to go up, right? Yeah. So the cost of gas, I mean, yeah. it costs money Crazy. to bring, you know, lumber from Wisconsin or wherever it's coming from yeah. and bring it to Massachusetts, wherever wherever the Harvey Window guy was coming from, he had to have gas, right? <laughs> so everything is going up. And yeah. even, we even know what's going on with food. That's the thing, too. Think about all the restaurants and everything else, right? Yeah. So, it will be the same thing. So when they finally opened and they're like, in order for us to make it, like this $4 cheeseburger is now $10. Well, they're not going to go down. Now the cheeseburger is always $10. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Same with thing with lumber yeah. and PVC. Interesting. It's, it's shocking. On the bright side, it does seem like from what I've heard that there's there we're now seeing like wage increases too. Like we have inflation in our world now. We haven't had a lot of it in the last decade but it but we and we also didn't have much wage growth in the last decade but now we're starting to see wages come up employers are having to offer a little bit more in terms of compensation to get workers you know in the door because of you know reasons Mm -hmm. we already discussed but there's actually wage growth there which people are going to need to so that they can afford everything you know higher prices on the inflation index over the past year is it's crazy and year to date is is crazy scares me too though you know when you think about small businesses Mark and i had this conversation you know there's a little little coffee shop right there down the street from us it's called sanders Uh, now she has to pay her employee you know 15 16 17 18 dollars 20 dollars an hour just to keep up with everybody how much is a cup of coffee now going to cost? Yeah, I mean, because how much do you make on a cup of coffee? Five cents, ten cents? I I have no idea. Oh. But uh, how is that? So yeah. and then, what's the average person going to say? It's like, well, I'm not going to pay six dollars for a cup of coffee this way. I'll just have my. I snack I, snack I don't know. Pe- people have been paying six dollars for coffee at Starbucks well, for we, a long time. I don't know. I know. But <laughs> I don't know why, but, but will they get Sanders? Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. exactly my point. Yeah, they will go to Starbucks. The big guy. But what about the small guy, the yeah. small business owner? I know. No, I'm I know. really worried yeah. for that. We, st- we, yeah. stopped at, we stopped at two Dunkin' Donuts in New Hampshire, whatever that was, yesterday. Yesterday, driving home, And yeah. they were both, uh, the one was completely closed because they were understaffed. And then the second one, they said they had signs mm-hmm. up. They, there were nobody taking orders because they were understaffed. You had to order online and then just come in, walk in and pick it up. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, there's so many issues. I'm with, imagining with that's going to yeah. slowly work itself out as the unemployment, the, the boost in the unemployment benefit goes away, but I don't know. Oh, I, I, mean, I also look, I also, see more of that right now, though. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, Sharon. going back to school. The mm. college kids are going back to school. Right, right. Go ahead. Seasonal I'm sorry, workers, Kirk. yeah. That, that, uh, that vacant property across from the air on the water, uh, it looks like squatters' rights is still in effect in Massachusetts, but it's 20 years, so you got to get the clock started now if you want to go <laughs> head over there, okay? <laughs> we have squatters' rights <laughs> in Massachusetts? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know. I think I will. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it could be yours in 20 years. Is that Ernie Box's mm-hmm. house that's, that's vacant or, or his neighbor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ernie Bach is really never there, so... <laughs> 20 oh. years. Still hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, we can still hear you. But, so... Let's come back to yep. building for a minute. I mean, it was, yeah, again, it's I don't have any experience with this, but I'm assuming it's never really been it's never been cheaper to build, right? because you're you're building something brand new, you're getting what you want. Has it always been a little bit more expensive to build versus buying the same house mm-hmm. on the same plot of land? 
Has, is that yeah. true? Has it always but been then, a little bit know, more expensive to build anyway? But now yeah, it is. But then you weigh it out with I have a new heating system. Right. I have the most upgraded yeah, yeah, yeah. heating system. You know what's the way that they build houses now too is, you know, they're so energy efficient. You know, all of your you know your utilities are much lower. Things like that. Yeah. But the reason why new construction gets so expensive is because it's just one of those things that happen. It's a snowball. So it's like, all right, yeah. well, I'm putting in a kitchen faucet, let's say. All right, the builder spec says you're going to have a Kohler faucet. That's what we're going to give you. And then you're like, well, this far in. I might as well get the growy. All right, so let's just, let's do, let's do an increase on that. So now I have a yeah. growy kitchen faucet. So now I've it's you know, that. $500 more. <laughs> I have it's, a Kohler. It's a snowball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like that with everything, right? Uh, Every top of the line. Yeah, yeah. Every finish. Yeah. So while we're at this process, instead of having a flat roof in my, you know, rather than having an eight foot ceiling in my bedroom, can we cathedral that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're at this point now, and people don't understand that you just can't move wood, like, you know. So all of that costs money, and then yeah, when it comes to new construction too, it's you know it's great and it's beautiful, but there are expenses after the fact, like, hey, we're going to give you the builder's package when it comes to landscaping and doing things like that, but you might you'll probably want to do more, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, it snowballs based on what your likes are. You and, know? and I was just, so. where I was going with that is like, I'm assuming it's always been more expensive to build, but now with real estate, it ha- pre-owned real estate having increased so much, I don't know what the statistics are, but it sounds like it, it could easily be 10 or 20%, right? Over a pretty mm-hmm. short period of time. Like wh- where where is building going to fall in terms of cost, right? Is it now more competitive? But then of course there's all these supply issues and, mm-hmm. and the price of supply. So maybe, maybe it's still going to be the same. That'll just be interesting to see how that shakes out over time, mm-hmm. right? If, if building, rem- I, I guess it will remain a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know. It's just... Do you um, know what houses I actually had? Um, this was uh, before when a house had a pool. It really didn't matter one way or another. Like, it didn't really add to value. I wouldn't say that it actually adds to value still in my mind, but it adds to marketability oh. that because of COVID and, you know, everybody sort of staying home and staying local, Yeah, everybody wanted a Everybody pool. So wants a, wait, a pool. Yeah. Yeah. The wait for a pool now is like two years. And yeah. to put a pool in... You know, you're talking a hundred thousand dollars just to put the pool in, and then you want to add the decking, you want to add the fence, you want yeah. to add this, you know, all the landscaping and everything. So those houses are the ones that we were seeing a lot of activity on. See, we should we should have sold the house, Kirk. Mm. Kirk and I were talking. Where about, are we even we're like, No, we're just. I was just kidding. Ex- we were like, exactly. how much would we get for a house right now? <laughs> we would we, because not even telling you. nobody wants to go to the beach because there's sharks in the water. I'm like, we could sell this. Thing. I can't. I can't live in that trailer. Uh, <laughs> like. Yeah, I'm like Sharon, time, yeah. Sharon got 900 for a Cape and Pembroke. I'm like, I think we could get a million. <laughs> no, yeah, well, and, and again, where would we go? Would probably give it to yeah, you. Yeah, I know. So where would you go? I know. It's really fun to think but about. But that it. was the mindset yeah. that everybody had. You know, where will we go? And yeah, yeah it was just crazy. The houses that people were lining up for were definitely the ones with the pools. And yeah, it, as we, it's, especially in the, getting into the warmer we'll, months. We'll yeah, just, we'll take yeah. take. Take the kids and we'll move into Mike and Pam's. Yeah. There we go. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. We're here. We'll, we'll pay yeah. for the groceries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you might want to take the mortgage. You have three growing girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, so I don't know. Is it a good time to sell, right? Is it, is it, is it ever a bad time to sell? I mean, it still sounds like it's a little bit of a seller's market and... Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's still yeah. a very good time to sell. Yeah. I mean... 
you know, the thing is, it's, and like I said, the way that I do it is very much appraisal approach. And I always tell people, look at, we'll look at these numbers Mm -hmm. and this is where we should price the house. And this was important during the the market when it was very high is we're going to price it in this where you should be. And then when people were overbidding, I had agents say to me, well, Sharon, do you really think it's going to appraise? And I was like, no, I'm telling you, your 859, uh, yeah, 859.5 is not going to appraise Mm. on this three-bedroom cave. I know that for sure. I know it will appraise for 6789, which is what I listed it for. Anything above and beyond that, you own. Because that's the other thing, too, is you have to be careful when you are the seller. And let's I wish we had more time because a lot of people are like, I'll just sell my house on my own. So I had a couple of people who were thinking about doing that this year. And I said, hey, I respect your decision. You have to do what's best for you. I said, let me give you an example. You're on the market for 500. Somebody knocks on your door for a sale by owner. Are they going to give you 525? Are you going to take that offer? They're like, yeah, 25 over what I want. And I was like, all right, that's great. You just took that. Well, I have a situation where I just got $200,000 over that price. Based on me being on the market, me bringing in the buyers, yeah. us getting all the people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So you don't yeah. know enough about the market to be a for sale by owner. Even with <laughs> compensation factored into that amount, you, you we're always agents, whether it's my team, a team at Boston Connect Real Estate or a team at any of the other great companies that we have on the South Shore. Agents will always be able to get you more money than for sale by owner. What, and I mean, what, some for sale by owners, it's like families. Yeah, mm. and so I don't so, see a lot of those. So the but, pri- but. the price thing, yeah, you make you make a good point about the price, you know, differential. But but what about some of like the risks of you know selling on your own? Are are there any other risks? You know, what? huge. Yeah, There's right. Huge could, risk. Could you talk Even about? Even like yeah. think about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry about that. Like, so when, like that, when, at the beginning of the show, I had mentioned we got that nine hundred thousand dollar offer. As a for sale by owner, are you going to know to go into MLS to see if that person actually does have a house to sell? You you know what I mean? Like you just don't have the resources that we have or even the experience. Mm -hmm. The experience is really what it takes. I think that they were all surprised that I was able to figure it out, that they had a house to sell. But there's definitely a lot of risk. And yes, you should have an attorney always. We always use, you know, Mark Stiles' office. They're great right there in Marshfield. And the thing is, is buyers were taking away their contingencies when they should not have been taking away their contingencies. Yeah. So I feel that sellers are not in the game enough to know, okay, well, what if this doesn't appraise? Oh, all right, you're going for, or let's even say a lower priced house or $400,000 house that has, let's say it's an estate sale. So their parents have passed away. They're selling their parents' house. We're going to do this on our own. They get a great offer but it's FHA financing. What does that mean to them? They probably have no idea. So they accept the offer, they get all the way out to the end, mm. and then the appraiser is like, oh, well, you have peeling chipping paint. You don't have uh, um, you don't have railings where you're supposed to have railings. Mm. You have rot here. We need all of that changed before we give you a loan. Mm. Oh, and the house has to appraise at or above sale price based on the contingencies of an FHA loan and an amendatory clause that also goes along with a VA loan. So you just they just you just don't know enough. Yeah. There are a lot of risks. Sharon's a little passionate about this subject. I no, well, no. Which, obviously. Despite all those things, all those words I didn't understand in that last 60 seconds. Well, obviously, obviously there's there's some bias there, but, the, the, but those are, I mean, but those are good points. I mean, then, yeah, and I just, yeah, it, it always makes me a little mm-hmm. nervous because it just seems like such a big, it's such a big transaction and it's just yeah. so many things could get fouled up. And yeah. I, you know, I think it's worth, I mean, in any, any big mm-hmm. decision like that, it's worth paying somebody that knows what they're doing to, to make sure you don't have a big mistake that 
that costs you a lot more money or, or time and, and effort and all that stuff. And I was just thinking, I don't see a lot of, of losing your own money. So yeah, I was just thinking that I I don't see a lot yeah. of homes. Like the risk, for, like let's just say you're gonna buy an. Uh, keep going, keep going. I know we're it's like a, de- a little delay but on the Wi-Fi. Like, Go ahead, keep going. Yeah. Um, so like if you are going to sell your house on your own and you're buying another house, you like you probably don't realize. And let's just say you have a lot of money in the bank. So you say that it isn't contingent upon the sale of your house because you think you have everything all aligned. But your commitment letter for your you buying a house comes before the commitment letter of you selling your house. Uh, now you're committed to buy that house and then something falls apart with the sale of your house you are still committed to buy that other house. Mm, And you might say, well, I need the money to come from, you know, the sale of my house. No, no, no. You have money in investments. You now have to take that money Mm. out and you have to buy that house. And then you're starting all over again. So those are the things we're aligning dates and numbers. We, I work with Emmanuel over at Emmanuel Ebot over at uh, Styles office. We, we waltzed very well together. And if we have to, we just ended, I would say one of the most difficult transactions emotionally in my 20 years of doing real estate just closed this week and he was great like, i was on the phone with him weekend nights everything you're not going to be able to do that or know what to look for as a as a you know selling it by yourself yeah and don't go to the listing agent just because you think you're going to get a discount because oh the listing agent i hate when people say oh you have both sides so i want a reduction like i want you to you know get the price down and give me your compensation it's like, all right, well, you work at Fidelity. I'm not going to walk, knock on your door and say, hey, give me half of your compensation. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyways, that's another story for another day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, our coffee's finally empty. Oh, this man. Is Mark fell asleep with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not refilling the coffee anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh it looks like a beautiful morning. Yeah. Um, all right, we just have that's a few great. minutes. Is there anything else um, we wanted to touch on before we have to wrap up? Um, of course, there's like 15 things on the outline I didn't get to, but that was that was some good stuff there today. Um, Did you have any other bullets? Let's see. I had a million other bullets, oh, but well, just grab one. You I'm, got, we got five minutes. I'm impressed. Um, I'm impressed that your Wi-Fi has been as good as it's been on a boat in Edgar Town. Mm. Um, it's it's getting a little. It just got a little shaky just because the boat swung swung a little bit, but yeah. we're still good. All right. So my favorite question to ask you, we only got a few minutes, so we'll have to do the quick version. My favorite question, and it's because I run into it all the time with clients being like, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell, but I have to like do all these things to my house first. And I'm just like, oh, it frustrates Mm -hmm. me. I'm like, please, please, please don't do any of that until you talk to a realtor because I just don't want to see people spending money on renovations or upgrades or whatever Mm -hmm. just to stage their Mm -hmm. home perfectly but not get that money back maybe in maybe in the recent market you're getting that back and more or may or actually maybe not because because people didn't seem to care much about what they were purchasing in in recent markets because there was such low inventory but just my favorite subject to to toss out to you sharon and um you know, mm-hmm. generally, what are your what are what do you say to people when they're because like, "Yeah, I'm going to renovate your own house." Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, and because I get you, that people you like to renovate your. Own I get that it's pride and pride of your you know home and all that stuff, but it just doesn't. It just generally mm-hmm. seems like all those projects that people want to do before they sell the home, it just doesn't seem like they're all worth it and that they're mm-hmm. going to get all that money back. Versus just yeah. clean I it up, not- declutter, put it on the market, especially right now. Right. 
Yeah. I'm not an advocate of anybody spending money to get their house on the market. I say that to people all the time. Yeah. And I, as I said before, I love the people who call me six months before they're going to do it. Like, where is the market now? Where are we projecting? I can sort of project where it's going to be. Let's just say like three months out, just based on what's under agreement. Mm. So, you know, we can do those a little bit of projection on that. But I have people all the time that are like, I'm going to paint my cabinets white. And I was like, well, as soon as you paint your cabinets white, everybody's going to see that you don't have a granite counter, you know, mm. and you're going to paint them white. Like, I'm going to walk in there as a buyer's agent and say the homeowner painted these. Like, so <laughs> yeah. don't do any of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you don't know that the buyer is going to want white floor. You don't know that what the buyer wants. You, you don't know who's going to buy it, what they want. They might not want white cabinet. They might want gray, right? What, you know, they, that might not be attractive to them. Gray is the, mm-hmm. gray is the new white or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> cabinet world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no yes, idea. Absolutely. Um, I did a little bit of both in mine. So, yeah, but you are right though. Don't do yeah. anything. And then I always tell my clients too is when you're purchasing a home and if you're going to make any renovation on the home, I do this all the time for my clients. They're like, we're thinking about doing this. Do you mind coming over? Of course I don't. I'm going to be selling your house in five yeah. years. Yeah. So I go over there. You know, the biggest mistake I see people doing is a bedroom in the basement. Don't do it. <laughs> you're not going to get the same value back. I think I said that Unless to you. Be there a very long time. In, in Norwell, I think I said that either to you or my mom about, well, we'll just stay here. We'll put like a master bedroom in the basement. And you were like, no, <laughs> do not do that in that tiny house. You with, do not want to be in the with, basement. With the when stairs, kids, with the vertical stairs. Your yeah. kids are on the main floor with the on in a ranch yeah. where the kids, like, the windows are right there. Oh, my gosh. You were like, no, please. Mm-hmm. Yes, the inexperienced. You can never make an orange and apple. I know. Mm-hmm. I loved that little house, though. It was so adorable. We still drive by it once in a while. But I love, I love my current house as well. Um, all right, we gotta we gotta go. That was that was a great show, Sharon McNamara of Thanks, Boston Sharon. Connect Real Estate. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on your vacation or your your weekend. Happy anniversary tomorrow! Thanks for being here. You can find out happy anniversary tomorrow, Mark. Uh-huh. Um, you can find out more about Sharon at bostonconnect.com. Um, and uh, I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You've been listening to McNamara on Money. You can find, find out more about me and my practice at McNamaraFinancial.com. Um, that's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. Take care.